0: Hello, it's me, Milo. And as you're hearing my voice, but it's not me going, it's the free one. You may be able to tell that there's an announcement that needs to be made. In the episode, we say that there are still tickets available for our live show, which in the episode we say is tomorrow, but the release date of the episode has been delayed. So it is now going to be Wednesday when this episode comes out. So the live show is tonight. And when you're hearing this, there may or may not be some tickets available, but there'll be a link in the description if you want to go and check. If you can't be bothered finding the link, it's trashuture.co.uk slash events. The live show is at 8pm, doors at 7.30. It's in Vauxhall in London at the Comedy Club. So if you want to check that out, come along. If not, I guess keep listening to us with your your ears. Goodbye.
1: So I I have a theory, I think, that a lot of British politicians like that the partridge-ness is not limited to Starmer. Hmm. I think if you add the word Lynn to the end of a lot of stuff that different British politicians say, it will become very partridge. Okay. I'll give you an example. This is Dominic Robb defending himself for like not being on, for being on holiday while like the Kabul evacuation was going on. Do you, and, you want me to just read this? <laughs> uh, okay. I'm going to read. Okay. Yes. You read it and then say
0: Lynn at the end. All right. It's right here. He told Sky News. The stuff about me being lounging around on the beach all day is just nonsense. The stuff about me paddleboarding, nonsense. The sea was actually closed. It was a red notice, Lynn. (laughs) (laughs) Don't make me tell you again. (laughs) It's so, I mean, look, number one, right, like, he what's, was reading Bill Browder's yeah. book Red Notice <laughs> while paddleboarding. What's go, What
1: like like the events in in Afghanistan? I don't think would have been helped by Dominic Rob doing adult karate. But no. on the other hand, <laughs> mm. right? Like the adult sea karate was now closed banned. is yeah. a great part for this line. Seas <laughs> closed. I think yeah,
2: I think he could have taken on the Taliban yeah. using like Qatar.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah so he's absolutely.
0: got his, uh, he's got his,
3: his, well, his, his always
0: closed in Afghanistan. Uh, no, so he's in, yeah. Like, the Taliban have never paddleboarded and it shows. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's right. I mean, look, he's, it's, he, you might as, he might as well admit that he is, compl- what would he have done differently if he was in the UK? <laughs> like, uh, but karate chopped a phone? Like yeah. the, the impotence of the British state is just, sort of relentlessly on show here, but no more yeah. than or, or in the our minister's insistence on insisting they did nothing wrong, even yeah. though they impotently failed. That,
3: that's
4: a little theme for Trash yeah. Future mm. Season, whatever this season is, is yeah. uh, Britain mm. is a fake country. It's a joke country, yeah. and it's not real. Britain cannot you know hurt you. Well, it actually, very much can, but it's yeah. still not real. Nothing nothing here matters. Your mind
0: (laughs) makes it real. There
1: it is. There it is. You know what? I'm declaring it right now. We've wanted to do this for a bit. Season four. We're in it now. This is season four. It has been for some time.
0: Season four. The podcast is in your mind.
1: And welcome to what has turned into the first episode of TF season four. Hmm. Hello. It is. Feeling four. It is myself, Riley, here with Milo, Hussein, and Alice. Hello. And uh, you're listening to this free episode of TF. Milo, do the the thing that you do every time. Season four.
0: You're listening to Riley and the free one. (laughs) You sure are. Um, it's in your mind.
1: We have a guest this episode <laughs> who will be joining us in the latter half. Uh, mm. It is OnlyFans creator Carson Monir who was going to talk to us about uh, creating on the platform, what these sort of recent rule changes and then rule change changes mm. uh, mean for creators actually working on it, and why the platform
0: economy is uh, yeah, I mean,
4: it's, it's a problem. It's it's yeah. it's the sex
0: work segment yeah Yeah. and crucially we'll be talking about posting whole
4: Mm -hmm.
1: and you know this is yet one of another what yet one another of those callbacks to the second segment in the first segment we warn you about at the beginning of the second segment (laughs) so skip to the second segment now to hear that (laughs) warning turn over your cassette to
4: side b Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: that's right. Those of you listening to Chashutra on cassette, <laughs> yeah. mailed out. Well, <laughs> <albumer laughs> listeners. Welcome to TF, the podcast that's hard to listen to. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: I right. Think
2: I think it's kind of cool. It could be like, a, like an old school Netflix thing where they would send you a DVD. in, in- Insert
4: disc 2 into your Sony mm. PSP.
2: No, we would send them a vinyl. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh- <laughs> yeah. You got to do. You've got. You've got the data disc and the play disc with every season of Trashies. You got to make sure you put in the data disc first to install. All
2: the, yeah, or the TF vinyl subscription service. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. that should happen. That could yeah. be a good thing. So want so could wanna, send out some
4: little wax cylinders. I'm pretty
1: sure. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to. I want to talk about uh, a few things. Right. Um,
4: what? That is yeah, typically you know. how a podcast works, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, did you know that? Um, Unlike uh, the the winter of discontent in the late seventies, mm-hmm. we actually are living through a uh, set of overlapping crises involving national shortages of crucial goods such as uh, Greg's. Oh uh, no, not Nandos, a shortage of Greg's uh, supermarket items, beer, uh, building materials. You'll we'll never be builders, Valhalla.
4: No, here. oh fuck. Uh, I, I went to I went to Tesco this morning. Out of bottled water, uh, which is oh, probably actually. a good sign. Fuck, we're in Builder's Hades,
0: right? It's a Ooh. building tantalus situation. There's all of this cash-in-hand <laughs> lucrative work available, and the taxman doesn't have enough time to check up on them, but there's no materials with which to work. Every <laughs> time they get towards the cash-in-hand job,
4: it recedes from them. You can't so, so, spell Narcissus without C-S-C-S.
1: <laughs> so mm. what what's happened is um, uh, stock levels... Have slid to an undersupply of twenty-one percent, the lowest since records began in '83. Oh wow! Yeah, and I think um, it's this is important, right? To or a couple of things, it's largely tied up with the low wages being paid to workers, meaning that insufficient workers are working because no one wants to pay them anything, and the government is very, very, very keen that no one actually raise wages. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, but also, like I. The reason I bring up The Winter of Discontent, right, is that The Winter of Discontent was largely a fiction, right? It, it mm. basically did not... It, it was a, a story that Everyone was... Everyone loved it, actually. Yeah. It was well, great. Everyone was happy then. It was, a, it was essentially... Gin, it was ginned up in the newspapers,
4: right? Yeah, it was a it couple was, of, like, yeah. localized strikes here and there that the Daily Mail and the Sun and whoever else turned into the dead lie unburied in the streets. Mm. And meanwhile... Going for the Islamic vote
1: there the Daily <laughs> Mail. We seem to have... Uh, we seem to be, like, yeah, getting record shortages of the only reason to give, like, like the main mm. thing, right? And we've talked about this before, right? The main thing that you get sold on for participating in this economy, other than the fact that you have to and you go to jail if you don't. Yeah. Um, it's either that or unibomber. Um yeah. is that is the treats. Out to that guy. it's the treats. Yeah, the but treats. We have the lowest amount of treats that there have ever been since we started counting how Uh-oh. many treats there I are. Mean, I Uh-oh. think probably
4: we shouldn't have like promised everybody that they would always get their treats on time forever. Yeah. And I think also we probably shouldn't have made a supply chain that requires the treats to only be manufactured and then delivered at the last possible second and never stored. So it's very inelastic. Mm. And I think maybe right. also we shouldn't have created a system where you get uh, 50 kinds of the one treat instead of yeah. uh, perhaps maybe even just a couple.
1: And the thing is, right, if you, it, if you compare actual stock levels to the um, ex- executive pay in the companies that don't have any stock, they're still going massively up. Yeah, to raise wages. Yeah, they 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 wages still aren't going up and in fact what companies have now done is they're now trying to pressure the government to um, do prison work release programs rather than wa- raise wages to hire people. Absolutely phenomenal. Mm. You yeah. at we're having some kind of shit. like
4: desperation solutions because of like the the twin shocks of Brexit and Covid basically. Mm. Not to yeah. get too Remainer here, but like <laughs> it turns out that when you predicate your entire supply chain on having a bunch of like foreign HGV drivers because you're not going to ship anything by rail, and then you yeah. also stop them from coming into the country, uh, mm. it, it makes it very difficult for the stuff but, to get from A to B.
1: But e- equally right, if your whole if your whole treat economy was based on a kind of you know lumpen proletariat of uh, Eastern European workers, sort of barely scraping by on. Mm. um zero hours contracts, maybe now is not the time to gloat about it. No, no. Yeah. Yeah, if, not, it, not if I'm you, not talking to you. I'm talking no, to. the I'm talking about people. remainers
4: yeah. who are who. Yeah. You're talking about the people who are like, hmm, perhaps we might not have had a, tr- a tasty little treat of no Brexit. Mm. Yeah. Mm.
3: God, I yeah.
0: fucking hate those people. I I love how like the British, the British political aspect has just become just like shitting ourselves repeatedly, and then and then mm. when things are bad as a result, just being like, well, that's how it is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, we're gonna sit in our own shit because we can't take off our own shitted pants and trousers
4: because yeah. that would be letting and the Germans and then there's win. another guy sitting across the uh, a room, across the room going yeah just push it back in
1: <laughs> yeah. Go, easy uh Retracts the shit and but at the same time you can do it right. with your mind at the same time there is because i think we very rarely does um, the sort of shortages in, in when it's talked about in media, it gets talked about in the sense of like, this is largely not tied up with we're not making enough bregs or it's building really materials. It's really like or whatever.
4: unserious mm-hmm. and jocular. Like, I, I yeah. feel a little bit like I'm being gaslighted, right? Because like uh, the, the, big, the big thing in Glasgow most recently was that... Um, well, first of all, we had to close like a bunch of Nandos because they couldn't get any chicken, which was interesting. Mm. Then we couldn't get any beer because no one could. No, the deal leaves it. until we get mm. chicken. <laughs> but then uh, there was a, uh, there was a milk shortage, like an honest to god mm. shortage of milk, and um, the, the ghost of Thatcher arising <laughs> from the grave. <laughs> but, the, but the way this was written up on BBC News was as a milkshake shortage. Like, McDonald's couldn't operate their milkshake mm. machines. But the reason why they couldn't operate them, because there was no milk, which seems like a a, a sort of a larger problem than not being able to get your sort of, like, uh, dessert treats. Fuck, 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 fuck,
0: fuck. Alice, have you, this is of vital importance. Have you seen the ITV News report from Scotland about the milkshakes? No. What? Holy fucking! Oh, I I... If we can find this and cut in the audio, it's absolutely phenomenal. Someone posted it on Twitter, and basically, it's ITV News, completely straight faced.
2: You don't expect to happen. Two strawberry milkshakes, please. Uh, sorry, I'm not. No milkshakes. No, no milkshakes. Sorry. We saw how the McDonald's milkshake shortage was affecting others. Did you find it? Uh, what are you going to do
3: now?
2: Maybe probably go. It's ice cream shop
5: around the corner. Probably go get me through the ice cream shop. Just got to try and figure it out all by yourself, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Machine. So I actually tried towards an milkshake because I always give milkshakes and I come to Victoria Road and there's a shortage. How do you feel?
3: I just know. <laughs> 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 it's,
4: been, it's been a rough week for that guy first Afghanistan now
0: this yeah well I, I,
1: I think it goes to what you back to what we were saying as like the emerging seas theme of season four that yeah this is like this is the opening stanzas of mm. a what is going to be a national catastrophe of shortages the lady because our infrastructure our infrastructure for distributing
4: the stuff mm. is all failing oh, it's it's going to get a lot worse because yeah. there's no there's no capacity for like uh so like surge here and like no. um a, a, apart from that we're also facing the other thing which is one of the reasons why people uh, are not like able to work in warehouses or work delivering, is because either they've been told to self-isolate because of COVID, or because they've got mm. COVID. And that's not something to like, uh, a lot of stuff sort of writes this off as like, oh, you'd like minor COVID mm. cases. That, that can still be pretty devastating, even long term. Yeah. But the other thing is, mm. we're heading for, uh, a sort of end of September-ish, huge huge surge of, of COVID again, as everything opens up again. Mm-hmm. Um, which is maybe a price worth paying. I'm not sure. I'm not like a, a public health person, mm-hmm. but combined with this, it's got, it, it would put down the marker. Now it's going to get a lot worse.
1: Yeah. Well, I think even even if it doesn't sort of get okay, I, because I think there there's I I, I tend to be a, a a sort of open up person. I I think we. But
0: regardless, hmm. I you've
1: think
4: been that, to one rave yeah. and now you're an yes. optimist again. Yep. Raleigh, That's
0: right. Riley isn't just an open and friendly guy.
2: Yeah. No. Um. Uh, uh, but I think you what I'm Yeah, I he saying, wants to right. write for someone to shit in his mouth during.
0: No, I absolutely do not want that. Do
1: not do that. <laughs> yeah. uh, do, do not shit in my mouth. No, I've always known mouth. as the
2: true burkin experience, or <laughs> the experience you get at Clapham infernos. <laughs> oh
0: God damn it! Yeah, the
2: clap frustrate infernos is
1: just That Berkheim
0: is what you want to have. <laughs> that's uh, okay. Number one, we're going to talk about this later.
1: Uh, but, <laughs> but I, I, I want to talk about what you said.
0: the urinals the standard of a in here is
1: outrageous. You just you'd never <laughs> been. um Alice, what you were saying earlier about it being a fake country is that there are these the problems, I think, with shortages and with specifically labor shortages, and which was a problem of low pay. Mm. Um, it means that, like every like, we are suffering as producers as we have been for a long time on like chronically low wages versus productivity. But now people are suffering as consumers. And no one seems to want to actually put these two things together and no. take this problem seriously it, it's been, because it's the same
4: problem. And it's been happening in the US for longer, too. And the thing is, I don't want to try and, I don't want to seem as if I'm pontificating too much because I think we're living through something and are going to be living through something that uh, not a lot of people really understand what's going on. Um, and I think there's going to be like some really deep repercussions for this in the long term in ways that we don't really fully grasp yet.
1: Yeah, the, the deeper re- there were deeper repercussions for the winter of discontent, and that was largely imaginary.
4: Yeah, right? no, I think this is going to be quietly. I think this is going to be much more important, and I think we're going to look back and w- what seems now to be quite funny, in like in terms of like uh, uh, milkshake shortages. It's going to seem, like, positively obscene. And I I think it's like, I I don't mean to suggest that it's going to turn into, like, threads up here, right? I don't think that's necessarily on the cards, But I think this is kind of like this long, slow, grinding thing of, like, there's something in the machine that's not working the way it should be, and I think we're still waiting for that to feed all the way back.
1: Yeah, I I think that's absolutely right. Um, And it seems as though there is nobody who wants to take this seriously. Uh, Again, I've looked at what uh, what Labour has said about this. Uh, Seema Malhotra, their shadow minister for business and consumers, has said, quote, the chaos hitting supply chains is of the conservatives making their failure to keep their promise to cut red tape for businesses has created a perfect storm. All all all, all Uh, they're trying to to do now is to cut
4: cut more red tape by getting more people to like get HGV licenses or like yeah. transporting more shit in vans, so you don't Look, have. Let's to just have an make HGV it something license. you can. Anyone get. who's played American
0: yeah. Truck Simulator yeah. is now a qualified lorry driver. Get
4: me Tom Walker. Yeah. <laughs> and the other thing that fascinates me. Get me Walker. The other plan here, the real contingency is we're going to use the military. We're going to mm. use uh, mm. like military HGV drivers to deliver staple foods to supermarkets. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that's that's really interesting to me. At the time that we're seeing the withdrawal from Afghanistan, we're seeing uh, any number of like uh, you know people in the Ministry of Defence, uh, the Commons, like Foreign Affairs Select Committee, talking about how the role of the British military should be to have like a strategic airlift capability from Afghanistan by itself, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which is never going to happen. Meanwhile, sort of un unbeknownst to anybody else. This whole sort of thing of like uh, various various factors uh, that are leading into like serious serious needs for like a military aid to the civil power type situation, are just sort of like intensifying in the background. And I think there's a, a there's, there is a potentially very clever case to be made here for a British military that looks a lot more like the fucking like technisches Hilfwerk or whatever mm. uh, than it mm. looks than it is for something that you know is for invading Afghanistan
0: I, I am very excited for the next Call of Duty game to feature Captain Price and soap uh, de- delivering <laughs> soap. De- making Tesco deliveries yeah delivering I mean, the soap if we're talking yeah. about if we're talking about though, uh,
1: deploying the military in order to, for example, state and infrastructure build, let's look at what happened the last time that happened somewhere else and mm-hmm. how well they treated everyone who they thought might have been threatening them or getting in their way.
0: Nando's are our chicken.
1: We're going <laughs> dark.
4: <Yeah. laughs> this is also a very funny quirk that liberals have, which is anytime that the military is asked. To do this kind of civil power stuff, mm. uh, whether that's like you know flood defenses or uh, like natural disaster rescue, covering or... for the fire brigade. Yeah, exactly. They're always like, "Ah, finally, military logistics, military precision. They're going to be so good at this." And like, have they... you met the fucking military, yeah, exactly. It's yeah. like, yeah have Have you seen the logistics that the military does for itself?
1: Yeah. I, but like I, it's like I said, like I'm I'm not really looking forward to depending on a guy whose main training is involved with I don't know uh, uh, the suppression of people that you think are threatening you to suddenly be mostly doing stuff uh, here because hmm. the military is a tool for doing something
0: like that. Yeah. Well, to know. be fair, I mean it does depend on which bit of the military. Yep. Lots of bits of the military are concerned with helping the bits of the military yep. to do that. Yeah, if for, you get for for the guys instance, from like, the Royal
4: like... Veterinary Corps, they're not very hard nuts. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're not. Yeah, I'm less worried about about that. I'm I'm sort of I'm more worried about uh, m- more and more of the the sort of like the role of the the economy being taken up by. You know, the vaccine rollout being done by yep. like army medics or like your Tesco delivery coming from, from like the Royal Logistic Corps. Mm-hmm. But at the mm-hmm. same time, all of these organizations also being pressured to still do the like the war stuff that we're oh, never yeah. going to fucking use them for. Yeah. Or I, I, mm. are, are getting your uh, <laughs> a predator drone delivering your Deliveroo.
3: Yeah, I, yeah you that, that would be very funny. Drone,
0: like, yeah. just like that. You know, you're in, like basic military training, and you're having to like you're in the Marines. You're doing like a fucking thirty mile speed march while carrying eight Tesco bags. <laughs> <laughs> like that's now part of the Green Beret uh, test. D- before we talk
1: to Carter, I want to do a little startup though. Oh, okay. Startup is called PACASO, Pacasso. P A hate it already. I'm so mad. S O. It,
2: Hussein, pack-asso. Uh, I'll give you a hint, nothing to do with art. I assumed it was nothing to do with art. Yeah, correct. I'm assuming it's some sort of, like, I mean, the pack is probably, like, the key, so it's some sort of, like, gig economy service where um, you, like, hire someone to pack your supermarket shopping for you.
4: No. Alice? You take a photo of your suitcase open, and you take a photo of all of the shit that you want to put in your suitcase for your holiday... And it tetrases all of the shit into the suitcase for you, so you know how to arrange it. That's fucking good, Alice. It's
1: you actually, should be yeah, a startup
3: yeah.
1: guy. <laughs> uh, Alice, sorry, that's too good of an idea. Uh, copyright, copyright, <laughs> oh, copyright, fuck, copyright. I TM, built TM, something TM. T- functional. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no copyright. Can't do it.
0: Uh, patent pending. <laughs> um, is it? Uh, did they do something uh, like supermarket packaging? Like no, with Dubai, no, nothing to do with,
1: No, you're you're you re- you're interpreting it wrong. Think Caso rather than the PS. What? think of the la- think of your so house. house yes it's a house thing oh no the modern way to buy and own a blank and the answer is not house oh,
4: oh okay. yeah a, it's furniture a dog
1: <laughs> um, artwork no no no, it's no. To do with art. you'll you'll um, it's it's not your main house Oh, fuck. It's a holiday
2: Holiday, holiday
0: house. Yeah. Is it a timeshare? Have they reinvented the timeshare? They insist that they haven't. <laughs> ah, yes. Now it's are Yes. Okay. Now we're fucking cooking, boys. <laughs> Come on. We have reinvented something which is famously a scam. <laughs> this is not pyramid selling. Let me hear that for you again. It is not. Pyramid selling!
2: <laughs> the rare, the rare jubilant Milo there. <laughs> that's so have, good. Have they rebranded the timeshare into like something like a cooperative or mm-hmm. um like oh, a, no. a, a part a, a partnership?
1: Uh, an L- a, L- yes. L- what is the yes, pyramid scheme that yes, a workers' a, co-op? Who's saying that's what they do? They have. It is now an LLC. <laughs> oh, like you, you're all getting too good at this. LLC, Cool Jay. Uh, so. Uh, this is a quote from uh, the founder, Austin Allison. Uh, we realized that owning a second home has been a very impactful luxury in both our lives. Uh uh-huh. We're both fortunate enough to have second homes. And it made a huge difference to, to us and our friends and family. Cool. Give them to someone else. What we set out to do was to try to, to and then check out these next few words democratize access to second home ownership.
3: Uh, 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 what do these people think "democratize"
1: means? It's when the yeah. more of thing. Yeah, d- democratize is when more. Yeah. Um, so that it can be something that it is not a just a luxury. Some pussy.
3: Yeah, yeah that's so right.
1: that it can be something that is not just a luxury available to the one percent, but hopefully it can be available to many tens of millions so of other people the around the world. Percent, hmm. For example, I looked at the, the uh, they will sell an eighth of a house for six hundred and sixty thousand dollars. I don't know anyone outside like the one a one percenter, an eighth of a house
0: for six, yeah. what, are they, what? What the fuck? If I'm spending six hundred and sixty thousand dollars, I expect to be able to be not buy an entire fucking holiday house. No, you get an eighth of it. Is it a what? really
4: nice house? Do I get like an eighth of a, like a chateau? I'm you, sorry,
0: you can buy a house in Spain for like fucking like 150 grand. Yeah. Like what, where the fuck are these holiday like
1: homes? Napa. Mayfair?
0: Napa. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay, I see. Uh, second homes
1: oh, in so rich people's lives. they're also gonna lives. like
4: burn down in two years time. Mm. Awesome. Second home-
1: but you're only an eighth responsible. Second homes <laughs> in rich people's lives. A second home gives you that place to spend time with people you care about, which you couldn't do if you didn't own the place you were in. Yeah, obviously. Um, yeah. And that trail you ride the mountain bike on again, so you just want to ride one trail forever. Like you, why do you? Mm. Why can't you just get a fucking hotel? <laughs> Jesus, I hate these people. Mm. Um, before selling Picasso, Allison started his entrepreneurial journey selling birdhouses when he was five. Became a landscaper as a teenager. He was already a dickhead at five. On. Remarkable. Check this out. Check this out. Started selling real estate at age eighteen and always wore a
0: full suit and tie to college. Of course he did. Oh, okay, yeah. So I bullied this guy at university. (laughs) I understand. One of these guys. Um, So he says... Why you were he bullied
4: him into being too successful? Is the thing
0: I know. This, this is the trouble. I
2: built character in this guy, and I shouldn't <laughs> have done it. I'm sorry. You shot like, you, you shoved this guy into a locker, and while he was in the locker, he thought, Hmm, wouldn't it be good if you made this into a timeshare?
1: Those famous Cambridge lockers. There
2: was a guy, there was <laughs> you genuinely him into a, guy, a pigeonhole.
0: There was a guy in my, yeah, that's right. There was a guy in my class that actually the, the porters once hung a noose in my pigeonhole because I pissed off one of the infamously what? really, really what? nasty fellows of college. And I just came, I walked back. Literally like less than 20 minutes later I walked back through the porters lodge and they'd hung a fucking noose in my pitch. <laughs> like a really small noose? Yeah, like a, yeah, not a full size one. <laughs> like a little shoelace noose yeah exactly as Stuart Little's not feeling so good um incredibly normal behavior but yeah there was a guy in my in my business school lectures who was like I like the the Cambridge business school in the course I was on 80% guys like me who were like this is a scam we're here to scam and then 20% the most powerful nerds you've ever met in your life who were like I want to get four jobs at uh JP Morgan, actually, yeah. and uh, he was one of those guys. And he was like always like holding up his hand to the, like, oh, oh, the teacher, oh, pick me. Um, and then one time we organized like a big night out with like assuming that just people who are our friends are going to come. But we invited technically everyone on the course. And, and this guy just showed up. But like none of the other nerds came. Um, and uh, when he arrived at this like restaurant that we were at, we all we all got on the floor and bowed down to him and were like, you know, so much. <laughs> um, and I don't think he understood that this was a joke.
2: Yeah, he, did, he just saw it as a good opportunity to expand his LinkedIn network. Yeah, Maybe he right. was right. And it
1: was. it was. He was networking, baby. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, so basically, right, this company, uh, what it does is it goes into places like, na- like towns in like Napa Valley or Lake Tahoe or whatever, mm. and it buys houses and then okay. it marks them up by an enormous amount and then resells oh, yeah, that's business. little bits of those houses to people Right. Um. Say, but they say nearly 10 million second homes sit unoccupied for 11 months or more in the U.S. Meanwhile, mm. millions of people dream of owning and enjoying a second home. Many people, and Mr. C
0: Mao, with this one,
1: enjoying trick. a first home. Mm. Mm. I mean, this is why. To be honest, this is why. Like, kind of just straight utility thinking just poisons your mind, right?
4: You ever because Um. You ever realize that? Uh, do you ever see that statistic recently? That like some. Large majority of the current homeless population of Los Angeles are refugees from the campfire. Mm. You ever think about all of those mm. houses, all of those like uh, communities uh, just surrounded by forests just burning down? Um, mm-hmm. Anyway.
1: Yeah. Uh, and, mm. and,
4: yeah, this and again, like this is also not a small company.
1: This company is worth over a billion dollars. Great. Mm. Um,
4: well, you know, it has so to we, be to buy all of those
1: houses. <laughs> mm. So, to solve this, we create to solve this problem, we created Picasso, a service to expand second home ownership. Um, so, what they do is when you buy, they match you with like it's like a key party, but for people without genitals, uh, where huh. they'll <laughs> the match you. Party. They'll match you with um, other people who want to buy the same home. They'll vet them. They'll handle all the sales details, and then um, you'll you and your you know new sex party people mm. um own the LLC that owns the house. Oh my god. Um incredible. And they just and scheduling is easy with our Smart day TM technology. Um, and then here's the thing. FAQs. You always know I love the FAQs of these companies. Okay. Is Picasso a
2: timeshare company? <laughs> what do you think they say? Uh, um technically not. Yeah. I'm gonna say I'm gonna I'm gonna say that they are probably Going to respond to that by saying, no, we're a completely different. We're a we're, we're kind of cooperative of inspirational people. More or less. They say Picasso
1: helps people buy, own, and enjoy a true real estate asset, whereas most timeshares sell the right to use a fixed amount of time in a condo or a hotel shared by dozens of people. The, unitor- the units are notoriously hard to sell due to supply and demand imbalance. But it's like, wait a minute, you own an eighth of a house. How is that a liquid market? <laughs> it's it's not. It is a timeshare. It's a timeshare via
2: an LLC. You've just called it something else, right? And they don't actually like address the difference between the timeshare and what they do. All I... they kind of they identify mm. by saying, "But look, the timeshare only lets you kind of like own this thing, like nominally for a very short, for like a set period of time." Yeah. Um. What well, you what you get with a timeshare, right, is you own a couple
1: weeks a year the right to be there, and the difference between that. And owning one eighth of an LLC with seven other people yeah. is
4: certainly something. Well, I, th- I think it's great that they're democratizing access to to shell companies because normally, if you wanted to run things through a totally like uh, unnecessary company, but in order to like avoid a certain contractual relationship, you would have to be engaged in some criminality. Whereas here, you can just do it because you're an idiot, and
2: I think that's <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> I imagine also that like lots of, like as they're part of an LLC rather than yeah as they're part of an LLC like the, like lot they they also kind of bear the burden of like liability right uh, Picasso takes all that
1: on through like reporting right. and all this, what I think is the main pitch that Picasso has is it's a timeshare, but because of a different it's a different legal structure, it's yeah. materially different from a timeshare, but when you think about what you're actually buying, which is the Uh, right to occupy this place right? because your ownership of something is in many ways your
4: ability to dispose of it how you will Mm. you have a
1: limited right to dispose of this house how you you will. You can't King
4: Solomon this shit you can't take an (laughs) eighth slice of the house off with a bulldozer.
1: Exactly so it it feels so fucking mendacious but again very funny because the people who they're tricking are awful Hmm. and I wanted to do a little, before we sort of uh, switch over to our, um, our discussion with Carta, I wanted to read a little bit of, um, of Picasso in press in fact, this was linked in the TF Discord uh, in the Stuff Riley Likes channel, which by the way, thank you very much, it's very helpful um, uh, where it says uh, Brad Day and his wife, get the name of this wife Holly Kulak
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh no no fucking way <laughs> Day yeah, of the Kulak over Brad here. Brad Day and Holly Kulak? Come
1: on. <laughs> Come on. on. Why
0: are you naming? Why is your name that? <laughs> Come on.
1: <laughs> Brad Day and uh, Holly Menshevik were first mm. introduced to Picasso in May uh, after a romantic sunset dinner in their yard was interrupted by a drone flying over it to take pictures of their neighbor's house and film the street. Okay. Um, and, uh, and it turns out Picasso was taking these uh, photos of these drones, which has caused in like Napa Valley, where, you know, retired couples owned houses that are worth like eight million pa- like dollars or whatever. Mm. They've now started a grassroots anti picasso movement because uh, uh, because as, quote, as Kulak fears that Picasso houses <laughs> coming into the town would destroy their sense of community and turn their neighborhood into an adult Disneyland. Um. So I wish Picasso every success at uh, making these fucking nimby's miserable, uh, but I also (laughs) wish Picasso every failure uh, in the longer term. Let them obliterate one another. Uh, Yeah. Whoever wins,
4: we
0: lose.
1: Yeah. Well, whoever actually, whoever wins, uh, it's very funny, and we get to watch them fight.
0: Whoever wins, we're still fucking
4: podcasters. (laughs) Whoever wins, we will be in a fist fight for the last bottle of milk in a Tesco. That's right. Yeah, that's
0: right. With the so, the Royal Logistics Corps. It's like one of my friends from Cambridge instructing various guys called Donald McDonald and Gazbaz to keep order without hitting anyone. Where? Shut up.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you shut the fuck up. All right. All
1: right. All right. That's enough of all of that. Um, why don't we go to
0: mm. our discussion with Carter? But just before we do that, we have a live show that's happening on the 1st of September. Tomorrow. This- it's tomorrow if you're listening to now it's not tomorrow but when you're listening to this because the the it's been like 10 just just show up and try and get in yeah Uh, you can
1: buy tickets i'd say
0: buy tickets if you
1: want to guarantee entry
0: yeah there's a link in the in the show notes where you can buy tickets that. It's like force the door trashfuturecouk slash events much cheaper Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, that's right
1: so there's uh, not a
0: physical door but there is security uh so please
1: uh oh, oh oh stage cops huh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Cab includes
0: bounces. <laughs> anyway, um,
1: so yeah, uh, we do hope to see anyone based in the UK, or to be honest, outside the UK. We just okay. hope to see anyone based. Yeah, we'd love know? to see anyone uh, coming to our live show. So mm. please do, uh, please go do ahead attend and attend that. Otherwise, mm. let's have a word with Carter. we're here in our second segment and we are very lucky to be joined uh by cracking first
0: segment by the oh, way oh yeah
1: i i loved it hey you know especially <laughs> yeah. that thing you said milo Ooh, uh, boy. I, yeah. I
0: love
4: it i love it when what we it? record the episodes in order
0: what a great time we all had during the first segment. Anyway, yes. time to not go into that, because you've all just heard it. Well, yeah, well, what we've done is we've officially,
1: we're doing a new experiment with the show where we don't do any callbacks to the mm. first segment in the yeah. second segment. Yeah, yeah. This episode of the show is a lot like Tenet. However, it is possible that there may be callbacks to the second segment in the first segment. So mm. do remember that. Yeah, one, one of past. us is going forwards through yeah. the podcast, the other one's going backwards. <laughs> yeah. So just keep that straight. No, uh, like I was saying earlier, uh, we are very lucky to be joined uh, by Karta Woneer, an OnlyFans creator, and we are going to be talking all about what has been going on on the platform in the last couple of weeks, months, years, forever. Carta, uh, welcome.
5: Hello, thank you for having me.
1: It is a pleasure to have you in the here. Beginning there was the word, and the word was with OnlyFans. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, why don't you just, can you just like, in you briefly introduce the... Um, I'm sure people have seen this in the news, but for a little bit of table setting, can you sort of introduce what has happened here? Why are we talking about this?
5: Yeah. So, I mean, um, starting from the most basic, I assume you know what OnlyFans is, but in case you're a listener who mm-hmm. doesn't, it's a website where users can upload uh, like video, photos, and audio. Um, it is mostly an adult pornography website. Um, 18 plus, and they take a 20% cut. Um, But for being an adult pornography website, they have always seemed extremely uneasy with the fact that they host pornography and are best known for hosting pornography. Um, Mm. If you look at any of their official marketing, their Twitter accounts or or anything, they seem to think of themselves more as like a subscription YouTube type Mm. website where you can go to watch celebrity chefs share cooking techniques or Mm-hmm. You know, workouts or whatever. They
2: had like a promo
5: where they like advertised like a magician,
2: uh,
3: so yeah, this, right. this,
2: <laughs> so and like, a dick comes out of his hat. <laughs> So yeah, may, maybe they were they were aspiring to be like YouTube for mag for magicians. Yeah,
5: mm. yeah, they really they really wanted to be like this kind of not porn website. Mm-hmm. And so for a long time, I would say the creators on the site have been sort of anticipating that like. Well, they might actually just actively decide to ban pornography outright and really pursue their dreams of being like the least appealing subscription website possible. And, um, quite recently they did that, um, and announced that starting October 1st of this year, 2021, um, they would no longer allow quote unquote explicit content to be uploaded to their website. Um, And they are drawing a distinction (laughs) between uh, explicit content and Adult content. Adult meaning tasteful nudes that don't show butthole or like any visible signs of arousal. Excuse waste
0: me, of a time. D- a tasteful nude should include butthole, <laughs> yeah. in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. It's a distasteful nude if it excludes the butthole. I agree with you. <laughs> mm. A dishonorable nude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a, a waste time. <laughs> <Yeah>. because <laughs> the nude didn't show butthole. A waste of
1: goddamn time. <laughs> That's right.
4: <laughs> just looking at a printout of some nudes that yeah. do not show hole and just being like, what the fuck is this shit? Yeah. You sent yeah, me this. No. I (laughs) was hammering my desk like J. Jonah Jameson. I asked for pictures of hole.
0: Mulder, Mulder, throwing a pack of photos of an alien with no butthole on Scully's desk. You ever heard of the no butthole alien? (laughs) Yeah, it's all over only. Well, I
1: I think the the best example of what you're talking about, Carter, is how like there was a big hue and cry about uh, Rachel Dolezal finally getting an OnlyFans where she Mm. would post like hair care tips uh, a very specific kind and mm. like uh, feet but like
0: uh-huh. it, yeah it was just her like talking about her workouts. Here I want to know what color Rachel Dolezal's feet are
4: yeah. get on her OnlyFans. Wasn't the other yeah. thing for this Um, I might be getting the name wrong but wasn't Bella Thorne some like Instagram yeah. celebrity who tried to use OnlyFans as a non pornographic non explicit website but was just kind of like hinting
5: at it like oh I made an OnlyFans Yeah I mean like the, the Bella Thorne thing Was something that I think infuriated a lot of actual porn people and sex workers because she's like a, you know, like a Disney starlet type person. Mm -hmm. And like Mm -hmm. she made an OnlyFans sort of like capitalizing off of this image of it as a nudes website, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, like, oh, you can see everything behind the scenes. And then she um, sent, you know, pictures that you have to pay to unlock priced at, you know, something exorbitant, like $200 for one picture, Mm. promising it would be a Mm. full nude, and then it was just her in a bikini or whatever. And it actually Mm. caused OnlyFans to dramatically change some of their internal policies about how, like, how much you can price things at. And Mm. um, because she had so many people doing chargebacks as a result (laughs) of her scamming. So it actually ended up, like, actively hurting the people who use that website for, you know, real, real yeah. pornography. She should have shown butthole. You see, we are, we live by a simple code That's
2: on right. this podcast. No, but she, no, she couldn't because she's a she's, she's a Disney woman,
5: right? Oh. You know who does show butthole? Um, mm. you know Please the, go on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just make, you know the musician who did um, that popular song a few years ago, uh, Juju on that beat? I
0: thought you were going to say Rebecca Black for a second. No, the
5: Juju on that beat guy. Does like explicit porn where you can watch him like fucking the shit out of girls with his big, big curvy cock and also like takes it <laughs> up the ass. But is he a duck? And-
0: curvy. I like it. Cur- it's spiral. <laughs> <laughs>
4: it's like a fusilli. <laughs> yeah. No,
5: yeah. So-
0: <laughs> no, my favorite OnlyFans account was the jacked guy who did OnlyFans stuff with his really jacked dad.
2: Yeah. Excuse yeah. me? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, oh, they weren't fucking each other, but they were like both naked. Uh, that's like, no, Sorry, it, that's yeah. weird. That's as weird as the Flora <laughs> Gill radio show. No, no, dudes, dudes do kind of rock. Um, so, mournfully pressing the dudes rock button. No,
1: no. Uh, so, what, is, what has happened, right, is as you were talking about. Um, that OnlyFans has always had as a tech platform, as a venture capital-funded tech platform, headed up by, Mm. uh, Alice, you were telling me this earlier, like an ex-Goldman Sachs guy. Yeah,
4: yeah, not Mm. even just an ex-Goldman Sachs guy. If I remember my facts correctly, the current head of OnlyFans used to be the chief risk assessment officer at Goldman Sachs. And I'm (laughs) curious... <laughs> about the kind of decision making yeah it's
0: fr- from one mdb to one mdp the guy who founded and owns only fans is an essex boy who went to university in Cambridge. Yeah, it was founded by, and like, I three, my words very carefully. three English
4: guys, and then it just got bought out by, uh, mm. like, finance guys. Yeah, he lives in, like, a
0: mansion in Stansted, Mount Fitcher now, which is so funny to me, next so, to the fake Norman Castle. So
1: what, what <laughs> happened, right, is that there's this platform that builds this sort of towering fortunes for people involved mm. on the basis of, uh, of sex workers transacting there, uh, and then, uh, essentially, it... Um, it, dis- it and sort of it always intimates that its long- term strategy is going to be to build up a profile with this, get some cachet, some edge, then pivot away from them. And mm-hmm. essentially, what it happened is it announced that that pivot was now going to happen on October first. And I think the the background of and I think it's it's strange, right? Because we see in the in the in the media, right? there has then been this backlash to it. Um, I wonder if the backlash is partly because a lot of the people involved in it are, so are um are, are very very online. It was seen by a bunch of journalists who are also very online and ended up getting written about. But that it, was, it the backlash to it essentially was this as, as it the campaign to get it to um, stop uh, doing sort of explicit explicit content was essentially a small group of Christian Dominionist organizations oh, they sound uh, cool. who who are essentially I hate butthole. Well, what it, what, well yes, that is kind of their whole thing. Yeah. Uh, is that essentially they are uh, a bunch of groups that were all sort of started by like like Catholic priests or you know headbanging mm. evangelical moral majority people in the sixties and seventies that have just kept rebranding to not seem like the villain of a Green Day music video in two thousand
0: fifteen.
5: Oh, they're not right? like Blackwater,
0: but for Christian fundamentalists, yeah,
5: right, right, and um, I think like part of the backlash to the OnlyFans decision, as opposed to, you know, earlier, these same groups had a big victory with um, Pornhub that didn't get the same kind of, you know, backlash. And I think like a, a big difference there is that people understood how the content on OnlyFans was being created. Like there's this very straightforward kind of like, I can follow a creator who is a normal person. I understand how they're making this content and uploading it and monetizing it. Whereas Pornhub as it existed before the the sort of restructuring mm. um, was like, you know, a porno black box, you mm. know, like like an aggregate sort of right. It's like, you know, stuff shows up on there. You don't really have a sense of who's making it or what it's from or like if it's stolen or if it's uploaded by the creator mm. And so I think it was a lot easier for these fundamentalist groups to mobilize against Pornhub on the grounds that it was, you know, a disgusting platform built on child exploitation or whatever, Mm -hmm. as opposed Mm -hmm. to OnlyFans, where you can see very clearly exactly how everything is being made. And it's it feels more like I think visibly absurd to like the lay person Mm -hmm. that these like individual creators who just could mm. be anyone's friends or family or whatever are secretly part of some kind of like child porn cabal. Mm.
4: But as mm. we always say on the show, parasocial relationships are only ever good. <laughs> yeah, that's, right. <laughs> that's right, you should invest in them <laughs> um, This
0: is what I found so funny, right, about the whole thing Because initially they were like, right, we're going to pivot away from doing porn And then me, I'm just a dumb guy, right But I'm like, but porn's your whole thing hmm. So, like, then what are you going to do? But that's actually, like if the we The dollar's are stuff Yeah, but then it's like if we were just like, yeah, we're not going to make a podcast anymore We're pivoting, Listen, actually We're
4: going to do, like, hamburgers I'm, now I'm not in a position to tell you're gonna anybody You're going to love it about the like why it's a bad idea to publicly firebomb your entire career's deal on social media because you just get a bit mm. weird one evening.
3: <laughs>
4: sure. No. So I want to sort of like look at the history of this as well, right?
1: We've there are these groups and we'll sort of go into them in detail a little bit mm-hmm. later that sort of come up in the 60s and they are campaigning for th- like to ban books they're campaigning to ban movies it is mm-hmm. this sort of um they're going to ban that one movie that's seven days long and has <laughs> every character well it's that this is th- throughout the sort of 60s 70s and 80s that's how they're working mm-hmm. and then and and you know they are they're sort of changing along right it's typical fast shit. forward to um to uh, the obama administration and he mm-hmm. enacts something called uh, operation choke point which oh, essentially makes good. payment what, hello well, it <laughs> makes <laughs> payment processors hello it makes yeah. payment processors liable for the things they process payments for. Essentially what ah. this does is it creates a kind of regulatory burden that is in practice impossible to comply with yeah. unless you're doing it selectively, right? Mm. Because they, 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 no no big payment processor, no big platform has the capacity to review every single thing that happens on it. Yeah. And so this drive to, um, to regulate... I have no idea what it says on the trash yeah. future t-shirts. <laughs> this drive to regulate essentially creates a situation in which uh, your banks and platforms and stuff can pick and choose where they crack down because of this Mm. feeling that they need to crack down. This all comes together when uh, Nicholas Kristof, a man who, let's say this, uh, has never abused an opinion page in order to persecute some (laughs) kind of strange personal vendetta, um, Mm. uh, then alleges in the New York Times, uh, this is last year, that Pornhub and OnlyFans are quote infested. That was his word uh, mm. with illegal and or unethical pornography, leading to, as you said earlier, Carter, the Pornhub decision where uh, we stop, where basically payment providers stopped acquiring for Pornhub, and then continued to make put pressure on um, on uh, on on banks to stop accepting payments for OnlyFans as part of a. Um, As part of basically a a sort of anti-sex campaign that's been going
0: on since more or less forever. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. And one that we're still waging on the Trash (laughs)
3: Future Discord. Do
1: not
0: post horny on the Trash Um, Future Discord. And
1: so one example, right, is that morality in media was started in 1963 by some Jesuit priests in order to ban the publication of a book about sex work.
5: Right? not even Into a the- book about sex yeah. it was fucking fanny hill memoirs of a woman of pleasure by john cleland from the fucking 1800s like well,
2: I've, see it. I've seen that book like you've got to like is that right at the top shelf of the supermarket and it's like yeah. got a plastic bag but <laughs> like ask the shopkeeper you know, specifically like Fanny for it. Hill is like <laughs> the
5: most i don't know like i don't i don't know if ev- any yeah. of you have ever read it but it's like mm. it's a book that hey. was written on a on a dare mm-hmm. that he could write when he was in prison that he could write mm. the, the dirtiest book in the English language without using a single dirty word, mm. so it's incredibly goofy. it's all like you know like describing a dick, but it's like not the 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 plaything of a boy, not the weapon of a man, but a maypole of such enormous proportions <laughs> that it mm. might have belonged to a young giant, you know shit mm. like that it's It's not a book worth getting mad about. And and so what happens originally? As the nineteen whose
0: judgment we can
1: trust. It's a Jesuit priest. Non- I in nineteen sixty three, this Jesuit, the Jesuit priest involved in morality mm. and media, they basically do an early Project Veritas thing, where they send uh. an, a girl who's like sixteen to go buy this book at a shop, and then they have the mother of the girl sue the shop and make a huge federal case out of it to try to get this book banned and to try to create a moral panic about young people accessing smutty material, hmm. right? Okay. And like very She's little, learning about May. And the thing is, <laughs> this
0: cannot stand. This
1: morality and media group changed mm. its name to the quote National Center on Sexual Exploitation in 2015, Classic. basically making itself sound like something other than a club of Jesuit priest headbangers who are trying to ban it was, sex. It, it's They're a like,
4: deliberate like uh, conflation with the um, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, for instance. And it's mm-hmm. it's also y- your story about this this uh, like. Fanny Hill straw purchase is very interesting to me because it sets up another one of these things of uh, doing a bit of like child abuse in order to demonstrate that child abuse is possible even though you're the one that did it yeah it's mm-hmm. the exception that proves the rule mm. exactly
0: mm. I personally I, I, I love this shit it's great um, I, I love to be like have you heard of the website OnlyFans well if you hadn't allow me to explain it to you have you seen the film Taken <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it's here's here's a real clip from
1: OnlyFans. Just shows taken. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sorry, an i Like
4: one OnlyFans creator, and it's like the European guys from Hostel. <laughs> so,
1: um, and so it's it's organizations like the National Centre on Sexual Exploitation or. The very um, ominously named Exodus Cry. Exodus Cry. Yeah. That are the main sources mm. for Christoph's story. Exodus so, Cry sounds like a death gets, metal band. He gets fed this information that he then launders from these, like quite, like quite rightly said, extremist groups mm. that he then launders into respectability in the New York Times. And then the idea of that is to create a sort of mass really? public backlash against payment processors who are then have the power granted them by the Obama administration to, like, Uh, deprive sex workers of uh, another source of income. Riley,
4: I have a question. These these groups, like the creepily named exodus cry or whatever, Uh I kind of Mm -hmm. feel like I'm going to regret asking this. How do they feel about uh, any other social issue?
1: Uh, I'll be perfectly honest with you. uh, It seems like they don't even really care about human trafficking.
0: Oh, interesting. Oh, that's that's (laughs) crazy. Because based on their name, you would think that that would be something (laughs) they would care about.
5: They do believe... uh, I was seeing, like, some material of theirs going around. They do seem to believe that Hitler was appointed by God to punish the Jews. Oh, interesting. Huh. Huh. Oh,
0: interesting that these people who are fucking insane
4: are also fucking
0: insane about
1: other things. (laughs) I have a a little passage here about uh, Exodus Cry, which is led by a man called Benjamin Nolot, who calls himself a filmmaker, um, and he actually managed to land
4: a few documentaries on Netflix. Yeah, because as we've talked about earlier in our Quibi episodes, Netflix buys everything. (laughs) They'll buy John Taliban, the pilot that I wrote with Noah. Yeah, he'll actually make Spencer Confidential. Uh, that, that's that's crazier than any of this,
1: in my opinion. Mm. Um, so essentially, right? What we're what we're looking at is, um, and by the way, this is from an article, a really good article on xbiz.com that this these quotes are from, uh, where he actually he wrote as part of the International House of Prayer or IHOP um, a two thousand nine <laughs> manifesto called Babylon, which sees human trafficking, quote unquote, as part of a nefarious globalist
4: conspiracy. Mm. Isn't isn't most human trafficking for the like the purposes of work mm, like no. non-sex work?
1: Well, there is a mm. like it depends how you define it. Because like I the see. thing is what I what I wanted to sort of get into here as well, right? Is that what this reminds me of is just QAnon. Mm. It's th- because, mm. c- because Christian de- QAnon is as um disproportionately made up of Christian Dominionists. Yeah. And there is and, and the and even if these people aren't Quid on people, they seem to believe a lot of the same stuff. Oh, like the weird Quid, uh,
4: like save the children offshoot. Yeah, mm. absolutely.
1: It feels like it. It is. It all feels about as concerned with actual human trafficking as one another, mm. right? Mm. Because the save the children people, like they'll they'll talk about um, high rates of kidnapping or whatever, when they never sort of say that what that actually means. Is uh, usually children being taken by their parents who've lost them in a custody battle, for mm. example. That's what that means yeah. 95% of the time. Well, like, they're also,
4: they, they also tend to believe things like uh, literal underground tunnels full of, like, mm. uh, trafficked children. Mm. Um, I mean, yeah. you get. Well, you children can get, are small, they're easy to fit in a tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> you can get sense. really into, into, like, Pizzagate level stuff with this uh, yeah. pretty quickly. It's like a couple of short
2: steps. Well, I think this is also, like, why these kind of, like, anti porn campaigns. Um, and this broader kind of concept of like, the, well, the kind of like broader moral panics around the internet that have seemed to be emerging in the past kind of couple of years, like that's sort of where it comes out of. And I definitely think there's like the, the QAnon element is kind of like amplified when, you know, post-Trump, I think there's like been this crisis in certain QAnon circles about like, what is kind of like, like, you know, with the, with, with the prophecy not being fulfilled, like what what's mm. going on, what should kind of like our kind of grand fight be? And it's very easy to kind of like target pornography and especially like on atomized and like very kind of like consolidated platform economies where the idea of being able to kind of access porn um, becomes like you know they can frame it as like was well, much easier to do so because it's like much more like valid mm. and open um which means that the threat level is so much higher right mm. i think we i mean we've mentioned yeah, it before mm. like you know the, this is kind of like a very old moral panic that has been reframed in new ways but i think what's what's important to note is that like this moral like the kind of amplification of this moral panic comes out of like a particular moment of anxiety in which like as this kind of conspiracy, like this conspiracy movement is really just unsure of itself and like mm. what it stood for and like what the purpose of mm. it was supposed to and be. It sort of has it all of its
1: beliefs kind of get laundered back into a middle class panic through The New York Times. And yeah. I so I want to turn back to Carter, right, which is that around all of this is basically your livelihood.
5: Right. Um, so I, some if you don't mind me going on a tangent quickly, please I'm please sure go,
3: go.
5: some business minded listener is thinking, why the fuck would you deal with OnlyFans at all and not just make your own website, which is like the most common response to this type of news.
2: Yeah, why why don't you do something? Why, why don't you like uh, do real hard labor like a trading Ethereum?
3: Or, <laughs> no. well, I mean, it's like, or, you know, it's it obvious
5: to ask, like, why don't you make triple carta.com and just sell your content mm. directly. And then you don't have to deal with this 20% nonsense or, or whatever. And you're not dependent on only fans or these other websites. And mm. the answer goes back to like operation choke point and Sesta FOSTA, um, where no credit card provider allows transactions related to porn. So you have to go through what are called high risk payment processors, which are not available. On an individual basis, they're crazy
4: house of rubles,
5: right? They're like <laughs> they're built for interacting with with companies and like high risk, meaning online firearm sales, online gambling, online alcohol or tobacco sales, uh, and then cool pornography.
3: Yeah,
5: right. Yeah, yeah. All the cool stuff. Um, <laughs> mm. So it just is impossible on an individual level to. Take money for porn in like in a way that won't potentially get you completely shut down, mm. which is why Maybe. all of these kind of middleman websites exist. Like OnlyFans, quote unquote, only took twenty percent off of every transaction. Popular clip mm. sites like ManyVids, ManyVids takes forty percent. Um, mm. ChatterBait, like the popular streaming site, takes fifty percent. So like we are being like forced into these positions where like these enormous rich companies are able to exploit people doing porn because there's literally no way to get paid otherwise without risking all of your shit being shut down, all of the money in your Mm -hmm. PayPal being seized, et cetera. Um, Which is why it's like so devastating when a big platform like OnlyFans shuts down because it's like one of the only ways that you can get paid for your work like, quote, unquote, mm. legally or like officially, mm. according to terms of service of payment providers.
1: Yeah, and it seems like the the dynamics of this story in particular, and this is what I was talking about with Alice earlier, the dynamics of this story in particular sort of pitches that there are the, the way, especially the way it's been sort of picked up now that we sort of know who's behind it, is there mm. are the bad guys who are the Christian fundamentalist groups, then there are the good guys yeah, who are por- sex workers and only fans Aria which is is yeah, the good guy yeah which is which is mm. basically <laughs> complete bullshit right these are still these are still extraordinarily like exploitative companies and they've taken on they because they take so much of the of 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 those earnings but this story has been spun to make them look like the good guys yeah, right a-
4: accusing them of the uh, the kind of like rapaciousness and exploitation that they don't do deliberately
3: <laughs>
5: yeah right i mean like My feeling about like OnlyFans as a platform or Pornhub as a platform is that like they are currently a kind of necessary evil, but Mm -hmm. I certainly don't have any feelings of affection for them. And I mean, you know, it it fits in with the whole like sex work is just a job. I Mm -hmm. have had plenty of jobs where like I enjoy getting paid. I like the feeling of being paid, you know, by my job, but I wouldn't say that like any of the corporate structures I've ever worked for have been good or like Mm -hmm. non-exploitative, like jobs are exploitative. Um, Mm -hmm. And like, it's just something that I think is pretty universally true. Like if you work in fast food, you're not like, oh, thank you, McDonald's, for deigning to pay me, you know? You're (laughs) like, this fucking sucks.
0: Was well, something we've said on this before? Which is that, like, you know, liberals will say that sex work is bad because of sex, whereas we would say that sex work is bad because of work. <laughs>
3: um, <Right. laughs> yeah,
0: um, and I think it's this is something I often find. Where I mean, it like I, I think sex workers are kind of at, at the thinnest end of, of this wedge, but I think it's it's a it's a popular thin end of the wedge. with anything related to like anything that's considered sort of like you can get liberals to agree that it's harmless, but they also think that it's icky and therefore they won't defend it. So like porn, uh, recreational drug. Drugs, like all this kind of stuff, where it's kind of like, yeah, well, I mean, logically, you are right that like banning this is bad, but also like, why do you want to do that? Are you gross? Like, yeah. no, why would why would why, yeah, why would I stick my neck out for something gross? Like
4: mm-hmm. ninety very indifferent liberals, and then ten absolutely swivel-eyed lunatics whose idea is to ban <laughs> sexual arousal without out with the bounds well, of marriage, right? It, and, and it's I, always on the basis of like, well, this thing that's for adults. What if
0: a child had access to it? Yeah. And they are like, well, they shouldn't. They're like, yeah, but what if that?
1: So, and I think also right, we we look at the, sort of the the exploitation in the in the industry, right? We see it in in OnlyFans. We see it in the sort of it's often talked about as being part of like the legacy payment providers, like Mastercard and JP Morgan, mm-hmm. especially. But also, for example, it's all the disruptive players in the industry. Stripe has those same has the same rules. Uh, PayPal as well um and it's because a lot of the venture capital firms that end up funding these things themselves have vice clauses in their own um in their own investment um in their own investment contracts which mm-hmm. mean that like if you get if you start a payment acquirer say you want to get investment from a sand hill road Uh, um, uh, VC, you're not going to be able to take payment for sex, for you're not going to be able to acquire payments for sex workers because every American rich person, no matter what their aesthetic is, all of them, even the Patagonia vest ones, they all share an ideological genealogy with like a Presbyterian minister that invented a special cracker to keep you from jacking off. Right. Right. Because
0: Whereas British rich guys love jacking off. It's like they're, if anything, they love it too much. They're like, this porn you're making, does it have any Nazi uniforms in it? (laughs) No, allow me to make a suggestion. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) um, (laughs) You need to make
5: the porn weirder. Otherwise, I won't invest. For like payment processors, I can like empathize to some degree with their legal departments because Mm. they understand that like the public is gullible and they are one Mm. nick christoph new york times article away from oh did you know that visa makes money off of child rape you know Mm. and like that's so Mm. easy to do and especially now that they can potentially be held legally liable for like individual bad things happening um like i also wouldn't want to fuck with that if i was like a gazillion dollar company like that's the extent of my empathy for very very rich companies it's just like yeah i understand like fuck you but i understand
1: <laughs> it's because it's it's also connected right i think to the platform business model itself because like the if your whole model is to try to put your arms around an entire category of um of activity right whether it's sending messages, mm-hmm. posting nudes, uh, making podcasts, Jelly whatever, it's Christmas time. If you're trying to put magic
4: yeah. parasocial <laughs> relationships. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: hair tips from Rachel Dole is all. If you're yeah. trying to, but if you're trying to do the platform business model, where what you want is the most possible interactions, because you're just mm-hmm. monetizing every time something happens, then then all of the then all of the demands that sort of have been. Rising since like 2015, 16 for more of, say, content moderation on Facebook, which, by the way, is where most of the actual uh, sexual abuse images are.
5: Yeah, like Um, the vast majority of child porn is on Facebook.
1: Yeah, yeah. But you don't see that's the thing, right? And this is where it goes back to all of these demands for content moderation that are everyone making them knows they're, or at least everyone in like making everyone creating the frameworks for them knows that they're impossible, knows that like. Facebook couldn't possibly moderate everything on its platform. Mm. All it does right now is, yep, traumatize several thousand people multiple times a day, Mm. right? Like underpaid content moderators. Because what this really is about is selective enforcement. Mm. Because because if Exodus Cry or uh, the National Center on Child Exploitation was serious about this, they would be looking at Facebook. But they're not. Because there's because much like everyone or most organizations, especially like this, like the QAnon people or these guys who mm. like to say we're fighting like uh, child abuse, they're doing that because that child abuser is the worst thing they can think of to call someone. Mm. And yeah, yeah, I yeah. think it's
2: also worth like again like on the ideological front, it's also like worth noting that a lot of these kind of like evangelical groups that are like have been like trying to campaign to get porn sites and like to kick sex workers off every platform, not just only like for them. It's not even about like, it's not even just about like th- this vision of what the internet should be. It's more like this. Mm-hmm. I, again, it's like another, it's another form of like projected anxiety where, where for them, like porn is kind of creating impotent men and those impotent men are like threatening the notion of the nuclear heterosexual family and like that. And therefore like the family ordained by God. Right, hmm. so it's kind of also this like you know, weird ideological
4: They're teaching children that like it's okay that when you grow up you can get <clears throat> pegged, which is like yeah, uh, wildly well, antithetical. Well, I, I have a quote actually
1: from Benjamin Nolad's book it says that that basically speaks right to this says the weakening of the US financial system is leading calls for a global currency national sovereignty is under attack the force of globalization has united the world like never before so human trafficking is on the rise influential celebrities are awakening to a universal spiritual consciousness while religious leaders are encouraging interfaith cooperation these trends are evidence of historic transition but what will the world look like on the other side and it's you know heavily implied that yeah this the fantasy of the nuclear family is going to be Burnt mm. in the and so weak everyone can have green hair. Mm. We have created world's first
0: nuclear family <laughs> in Soviet experiments. <laughs> so, I think right, they have escaped containment. <laughs> Chelyabinskaya oblast is lost. <laughs> Raise the barricades.
1: Right. So I guess this goes back right to the to the platform model where if you're going to have only fanses or 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 I guess a bit different for Pornhub, but if you're going to mm. have a platform model, then like that's just inherent in the model. And the mm. way we've chosen to regulate it is so that, essentially, with the application of a strategic Nicholas Kristoff article, mm. you can sort of bring the law... because <laughs> everyone strategic Nicholas Kristoff deterrent. Because everybody's going to be in violation of the law, you can sort of bring it down on unfavored groups
0: once again the soviet union but shit inexpensive if you make everything illegal you can arrest anyone at any time by
1: select (laughs) enforcement i mean that's how i that's how i see it but i want to know sort of if that's how you see it as well
5: yeah i think that that's definitely like pretty accurate like you know they're already trying to mitigate like liability in so many different ways like you mentioned pegging the word pegged is censored on OnlyFans. you can't send a message with the word pegged or pegging in it. Mm-hmm. Like, they have, like, an incredibly to arbitrary set of off things. calendar
4: to reveal January 1984. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my
5: God. Are you suggesting that
1: my plan to play a game of cribbage via OnlyFans is going to be <laughs> ruined by their content
0: <laughs> moderation system? Dreadful.
5: Yeah, and, like, you know, they don't allow, like, almost no porn, like, website allows blood of any kind, including menstrual blood. Um, most of them don't allow what they call excessive yeah. fisting. and
4: like all kinks of all kinds.
5: <laughs> excessive
0: fisting? Whoa whoa, 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 whoa. Save it for a laboratory, friend. Yeah. <laughs> because there's like a special German guy who's like bar fisting shows up and he's expecting, this is too much fisting, so all <laughs> is no more than zwei inches from the hand.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but sorry, please go ahead.
5: Yeah, so I mean, they're already trying so hard to like mitigate the like obvious bad faith kind of attacks that they are Mm. subject to. And like, none of it is enough because in the face of these groups and in the face of Nicholas Kristoff, like in any set of people in any job, you are always going to be able to find someone who had a capital B bad experience. And like, Mm when you have extremely bad actors, like hunting for those people and holding them up is like, this is what is happening. You know, I joked about this on Twitter, but it's like my brother worked at McDonald's as his first job. And one of his coworkers um, was told to fix the ice cream machine and like it mangled his hand. And like they Mm -hmm. called the ambulance, but like to the far side of the parking lot, because they didn't want to worry the customers. So he had to like walk Mm -hmm. out there. Like, if Nicholas Kristoff wrote about that and was like, "This is what happens at every McDonald's every day. We need to shut down all restaurants forever like mm-hmm. that's the equivalent of what's happening with the porn industry mm-hmm. um,
4: and that's that's also the thing that like
5: really interests
4: me about about Layla Miwal, who is the big like exodus cry person on Twitter, is that she will just fully mm-hmm. like post images of like uh abuse of like various mm-hmm. kinds herself uh in order to like." Uh, I guess to demonstrate that this is happening, but it's like well, okay, but you're the one showing it to people. You're not like showing it to yep. people even in the hopes of like uh, you know ending it. Really, you're just using it as like this this sort of like um, this wedge you can drive in. No, right.
1: no,
3: no,
0: Alice, she's posting that in the disclaimer voice. She's like, oh, illegally, you should not check off.
4: So I bet. I
1: think what is, I see. Notice we're sort of we've gone a little a little long here. So I just want mm-hmm. to ask one more question, uh, uh, Carter. Which is uh, a lot of people a lot of very cynical i think uh possibly uh crypto people have uh, basically <laughs> said ah crypto fixes this and i want to know do you think crypto fixes this
5: so i would be so much more open to crypto fixing this if crypto was not like a fucking sinkhole pyramid scheme nightmare yeah. um <laughs> mm-hmm. like Sex workers and people who do pornography for their job are f- in financially precarious situations and do not have, you know, a hundred thousand dollars laid aside that their parents gave them to invest in Dogecoin or whatever, um, mm. and like telling people in financially precarious situations to put their money into, sort of like the question mark Scouse. jar, yeah, you know, mm. and like hope that it might stay there or it might not, like that doesn't work for me like that. So what
1: what I'm talking about actually is that a lot of people have taken this opportunity to create crypto-based uh competitors to right. OnlyFans. Mm-hmm. So for example, the rapper Tyga uh has <laughs> created a uh, a competitor to OnlyFans called MyStar, which is based on crypto, uh which takes 10% rather than 20%. And, you know, it's and and basically says, look, because it's it's with cryptocurrency, this problem of the banks getting pressured by Nicholas Kristoff is not going to be able to happen again. Mm. The problem and, of like yeah.
0: CumCoin exploding, on the other hand,
5: mm. right? That's well, the, the thing, thing, thing is, I'm
0: no longer on OnlyFans. I'm on Cobra Tate's uh, competitor <laughs> platform.
1: So, and it's one of these things, right? Where it seems if you say, well crypto fixes this, but it's the, It's just, it's another guy. It's just, it's another guy being like, hey, why don't you join my platform? It seems more like mm-hmm. a competitor platform that accepts pyramid scheme script.
5: Right. It's exactly. Nice. And like, you know, so much of the problem is like with where the audience is also, mm. like if you make your crypto whatever platform and nobody is willing to like, turn their money into cum coins or whatever to use it Mm. then nobody's going to make any money on it anyway so like yeah Yeah. i don't know i i have not seen any convincing argument to go with like one of these crypto solutions because it involves like these complicated other steps of turning your money into cryptocurrency and then Mm. back Um, and like in the meantime the market is so volatile that if i get a hundred dollar tip today and the site holds it for seven days until payout, which is the standard or whatever, in seven days, is that $100 tip going to be worth $20 because the crypto market crashed? Mm. Like, mm. that is not an interesting prospect to me.
1: Yeah, it's one of these things where the, the, tech people, the tech people love to come up with something that re- basically reproduces the problem mm. and adds a new problem. Mm. So my, right.
4: I guess yeah. my Relax. question is, like, given that I don't think we're going to ban Horny, Despite the best no. efforts of a lot of a lot of people trying very hard, given that I think people yeah. are still going to want to jerk off, um, what is what does the future of sex work look like
5: online? I wish I knew. I mean, I think <laughs> people will continue using platforms as they are available, and like mm-hmm. you know, currently Twitter is being sued by the same Exodus Cry people um, under the argument that under section two thirty of Sesta Foster or whatever that they are liable for the content uploaded to Twitter and need to do like real time moderation on every porn picture uploaded and they need to be able to prove that everyone is, you know, above 18 functionally, like the lawsuit is like, should porn ever be allowed on Twitter ever again? Mm -hmm. And so like if Twitter goes away, like that would again be an enormous blow. I'm also confident that like the audience of people who want to jack off to porn and pay for it would find another way to do that. Um, Mm. Everyone would move to whatever other website was not going to pull this kind of shit. Um, And I think this was the thing that was like the most frustrating, at
2: least when I was seeing um accounts from and i'm not going to name anyone for like libel reasons um but you have kind of like seemingly sensible liberalish accounts kind of celebrating the uh or at least kind of like suggesting that um the when only fans kind of made this announcement that it was completely justified uh both kind of like morally and also uh like in terms of security and protection the thing that i found frustrating was the fact that like you know you're completely right that porn is going to exist in one form or another and like a move like this not only put sex workers more at risk of like you know not you know not just a financial risk but like risk of safety as well uh but at the same time like what it was really advocating for was like more surveillance of platforms and more kind of like Mm -hmm. it was kind of Mm -hmm. relinquished a lot of power to platforms that already kind of have so much kind of control over public space and discourse and like the parameters in which like you can communicate and express and like every time you sort of mention that like well this this kind of starts with sex workers but it affects everyone especially as more and more people end up like becoming part of the content economy in some form or another or like have to kind of work on these platforms like you're making the internet like both more restrictive and also like incredibly yeah. like much more criminalizing well mm. it's I the same like, thing
0: yeah. with the people who are like you should have to like upload a scan of your passport before you yep. can at ian Dunt with the pig poop balls emoji <laughs> or like the fact yeah. that in in britain for years we've been trying they've been trying to introduce this law that like yeah yeah they've been trying to introduce this law that you have to um like your internet service provider will by default block porn and you have to send them a letter asking them nicely like can you please per- turn the porn tap on <laughs> in the hope that if they do this just like less people will watch porn or something <laughs> This is the British version of this. It's like it's not Christian fundamentalist. It's just like, well, if you want porn, you should have to ask for it, like it's, from the top shelf, like a naughty boy. Well, <laughs> it's it's it's,
1: the, it's all the same thing. It's the sort of curtain twi- It's the curtain twitching, and again, a very liberal desire to sort of have teacher be running everything, yeah, and have everything be very clean and um, and, and but to sort of make to to point that power wherever they can, wherever they can find it. Anyway, they fucking miss homework they're all nerds anyway mm. uh, with all of that being said uh, I want to say Carta thank you so much for coming on today yeah, and yeah thank you to for us. having
5: me our
1: pleasure and uh, a pleasure. where can people find you uh, should they be looking for you on the internet
5: yes um, I guess the simplest answer is to go to allmylinks.com slash xxx xxx mm. on OnlyFans I'm just slash Carta um, and on mm. Twitter I'm slash xxx carta xxx again and one or the other on most websites
0: well listeners if you would like to both see some butthole and hear some interesting takes you have a smorgasbord <laughs> of options at your disposal
2: i oh no i just thought that you were like a big fan of the of the vin diesel movie triple x
3: yeah right <laughs>
0: yeah, <it's> really- oh, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> you're actually being sued by <laughs> vin diesel apparently <laughs> Yes, yeah. another big problem S- for Chester sex Foster
1: really was about empowering vin diesel yeah <laughs> no uh Carter, it's yeah. been great to talk to you thank you very much for hanging out with us today yeah and uh, to everyone listening Uh, we will see you on the bonus episode in a couple of days where uh, we will have watched Brian Rose's documentary he made about ayahuasca. Oh no, will we have watched that? Oh shit. With Mystery Science Theater 3000 host Bill Corbett. See ya. Mm. Bye.